What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. Welcome. This is Hashtag Cult Podcast, uh, episode two. We are still the same people. Uh, I am, at least. I'm I'm Mike Fallick. I'm Paulina Pinsky, and I'm a different person on the inside. Uh, but you can't see it. I sound the same, but I've um, changed. So, um, last time we were we've been watching. My friend was brainwashed by a sexist cult, which is the name of the first video. Uh, that we released in our MGTOW cult investigation, um, which is a documentary that me, Paulina, and Reens are making about an online red pill cult called MGTOW, standing for men going their own way, who believe women are uh, evil. Um, <laughs> That's so, a good, succinct way to put it. It's not trying to get more succinct. Yeah. Um, Last time I interviewed a friend who, this was sort of, we didn't, let's talk about a little bit of pre-production because every episode, what we'll be doing is, is talking about the pre-production production and sort of reaction to works that we're making, these raw interviews we're releasing um, as a part of our MGTOW documentary. One thing that I mentioned last time was this insistence on him being anonymous so that he wouldn't get doxxed or attacked by the quote-unquote feminists and social justice warriors one thing i didn't mention um which you know i I am reticent about is that this was sort of an intervention um Mm. i was coming at this not as a journalist and for the first time i wanted to present to somebody who i cared about why they were hurting themselves um and so if you watch this interview and it's raw or you hear me and there's particularly some quotes in here where um I get, I get pretty upset. Um, that's not how I act as a journalist. Most of my subjects like me, actually. We, we, we talk for a while, even ones I disagree with. Um, or they think I disagree with them. I'm a journalist. I usually just write down what they're saying. Um, but the, 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 in this, I'm pretty upset. Because, you know, I have been hurt. That was real, the real impetus of this. I was inspired by things like what your dad had done um, to... Uh, you know, do interventions out in the world, not just because of my hurt, but because I knew from the small amount of talking he had done that uh, this this guy was not one. This was not one guy this had happened to. This right. was a lot. Um, what is you, the Dr. Phil quote that you you love? The I'll, I'll which one? Any idea for five let's minutes? Lo- let's love every idea for five minutes. <laughs> That's what me and my team said. My wife, my wife, Robin, she's got a line of unguents she sells, and they test the top of my head. I'll pretty much go around covered in jelly all the time. Slip around is... here like a big Dr. Phil slug. I love Dr. <laughs> Phil. I love That's Dr. A Phil. That's really and if, good Dr. Phil if you've, impression. Thank you. It's okay. If you've heard his podcast, he talks a lot about his wife's uh, line of creams and testing them on him. And I just always meant, hi, I'm Dr. Phil. I'm a giant slug person because my wife covers me in ointments. Oh, <laughs> boy, I just slip around my like a goddamn slip and slide. Um, well, I mean, the irony of, of the Dr. Phil quote, which I, I actually really love, is that Dr. Phil is almost like a... a he who shall not be named in my household. Like he's kind of like the guy who yeah. got tapped by Oprah. And well, uh, like, I like Oprah. I like all. Oh, yeah. I like. I, mean, I have no side. I feel like the elves in Lord of the Rings. We shall not take sides for you. Like I don't care what the 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 elves and I mean with the hobbits and the humans and the dwar and the dwarves are doing over there. Oprah, Doctor Phil, Doctor Drew. 
I love them all. But, <laughs> but um, I mean, I won't speak for him. I won't say that he doesn't like Dr. Phil, but I'll say that I don't like Dr. Phil because your dad, you're saying there was yeah, a TV show. Like the there Legions. was a TV show that uh, had people box each other at one point in the early thousands. Oh yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be so it would fun. Be a good, it would be, can I tell you why it would be a good fight? Cause you're, you're <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever talked about. Okay. So your, your dad's kind of wiry, but Dr. Phil's a tall guy. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a yeah. big, he's a big dude. It'd be a fight. I want to see. Welcome to this I mean, very serious cult investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, uh, organize a fight between Dr. Drew and Dr. Phil. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? That would fund every grandchild I ever had at college. <laughs> which, which, which Honestly, by the way, which, I'll by picture. the way, while we're on it, um, in terms of you inspiring me, um, by the way, is none. Me and Rini have no interest in having uh, children, which is one which comes up later in this uh, this movie. Um, but uh, uh, in terms of you inspiring, we're going to get in, in in this episode into things that. Um, you inspired me on, which was to just kind of openly talk about sex in front of this group because they're clearly uncomfortable with sex. Uh, Paulina, if you haven't read her writing is, um, to the point of, I mean, I'm sure in some instances it's, it's intentional, but to the point of erotic, I mean, it's very open about your sex. It's very open about your sex life. It's very, very brave in a, in a way of like performance. That's just like, wow. And so that after we teamed up, I was kind of like, I'm going to talk about whenever they bring up sex and being uncomfortable. And this was already after this interview in which I was sort of still not confident in doing it. I was like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just, Paulina can do it. I'm just going to, anytime they bring up sex, like I'm, I'm going to start talking about sex, like in a full way, because I know that they won't be able to really, um, handle it and, and they don't they i love that i love that i mean i think sex sex is complicated i mean i have my own complicated relationship to sex but i think ultimately the healthiest thing you can do is talk about it so you let's get I mean? to the unhealthy as we tease <laughs> as we tease uh, this 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 podcast will be showing clips from our investigation and explaining it to you and i we both have this quote um i think i think you do hold on i gotta go to uh, your next page which is about um, uh, his Hi- hypergamy. Oh, you're right. You guys had hypergamy. I didn't write it down. Okay, <laughs> let's let's play. Uh, let's play this clip about hypergamy right now. Where are you getting them from? Uh, there's a there's a couple of YouTube channels I really like, and they they put out videos every day that talk about these kinds of issues, and they give their take on it. And what take I like is their that? Take. I like their take. I just like their general overall like approach to like how they understand the meta between men and women. And are they married? Some of them are in relationships. Some of them, one of them is divorced. How would you feel if a girl broke up with you right now? Well, I, I've been trained by my YouTube sources to always have a certain level of like, don't get to the point where a breakup would destroy you because ultimately it likely will happen. So you're saying that all marriages are doomed? No, no, no. All re- well, a lot of, especially non-marriage relationships, most of them fail. Mathematically, most relationships don't end up in marriage, right? It's called dating. Yeah. It's called right. courting yeah. someone. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, most what? of them don't end up in marriage. So most of them, if, if you define marriage as success, then most of them are I don't define marriage as success. I define success as not thinking this way that women are somehow a different species than you. I, I don't think they're a different they species, but they are playing by different monetary rules. motivations. I think they they definitely know, like... What would you like? That their, what would you that like their looks for correlate women? to a certain potential payoff, financial, like lifestyle payoff. They know that. They have an understanding of that. Mm-hmm. That's because fine. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. I understand that women are... You know, they, they do, they're more connected with emotions than guys are. Well, you, you don't think that. You think they're more connected with money. Well, no, okay. I'm not saying they're purely connected with money, but it, it definitely factors into their hypergamy. I don't know what that word means. You can define it for me. Uh, it's the tendency to look for a better deal in terms of relationships. This is a real word? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think you're looking for a better relationship? I'm, I think my expectations are more reasonable 
than women's expectations? I would say that inherently from these beliefs, you're wrong. So, um, explain what... <laughs> now, is it, does it only apply to, 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 to women in marriage? Is it, what, what, I really don't understand what it is. Is it just anybody... So it seems like hypergamy is essentially the idea that when a woman is in a relationship, she's constantly looking for a better deal or a better relationship. So it is just, uh, I'm looking into it, it is marrying. And by the way, if you search hypergamy, this is another use of coded language. If you search hypergamy, you get MGTOW. Interesting. So this is so another it's specifically way. specifically their term. Well, I don't think it is, but again, Oop, this is this thing of... Hold on. of Okay, here we go, everyone. Are you sneezing at home along with us? Make sure okay, to download our sneeze track so you can participate. <laughs> <laughs> and sneeze. Get a pepper And shaker. sneeze. And go. Do you know, look, I, I'm going to get into a whole thing of, uh, whatchamacallit, psychonauts and like snuff, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say it because we were talking about sex. So did you know that snuff is meant to make you sneeze because certain cultures believe sneezing is the thing most akin to orgasms? No way. That's like the whole appeal of snuff. Um so, um, you learn something new every day. This is when we talk about hashtag cults, people will say, well, what do you mean? They, they're, they're not a centralized organization. This is one of the ways they do it. They find old words, they find words and they make them their own. And then you have to get this idea hypergamy. Now you're going to get it. And it's a way of using hashtags and keywords to communicate to somebody that you're on the same team. Another one that we see in other things, we talked about masturbation in the last episode, nofap is another coded word that links all these red pill cultures. Um, Mm. So it does seem to be about marriage. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, uh, part of me is like, if you're in a shitty relationship and you're looking for something better, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) You know, like I'm like... I'm tempted to just be like, well, like, obviously you want to be happy with the person that you're with, but if you're not, but you shouldn't be a, a villain for, for trying to find something better. Reen's our producer and my partner's only note on this timestamp is hypergamy. Lol. Uh, <laughs> but, but she also throws in a really interesting thing about, we, 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 none of us have this quote written down, but there's a confrontation about um, uh, sex scientists. Um, and, uh, I think we actually talked, we, uh, let me drop in cause I don't think we did it in the last episode, but let me drop in the sex scientist quote right now. Do you know okay. what a sex doctor is? Sex scientists? Have you heard of these? Uh, I can, I can kind of guess what, what that's about. This doesn't surprise me that you don't know what this is. There okay. is an entire science dedicated to understanding sex. Are you aware that there's people that enter in sex studies who masturbate and have sex in front of scientists? for the purpose of science. I mean, these are funded studies. Do you know that that exists? No, I don't. Do you know that everything you're saying is something that Freud would have tried to examine and try to find trends in? And do you know that, like, you're so far from the mark, it's ridiculous? So the fact is, is that you're watching all these videos online. And again, this is not about proving you wrong. You can't tell me what a sex scientist is. You're not looking at sex science. And yet you seem to know everything about the sexual habits of women in their 20s, if women in general. You seem to also be only interested in women that you want to have sex with. What are the sex habits of octogenarians, for example? And the, the, we, we skipped over this for a more important point in last episode, but... Um, it, it, there's a conversation about 80-year-old women where I say, do you know how women develop sexually as they get older, which was my point to show again that MGTOWs are using pseudoscience and just made up statistics as opposed to the real sex sciences. Um, And Reens points out this really interesting thing because I I bring up 80-year-olds and octogenarians as a way to show you only care about women that would typically you would want to be attracted to, the, the, the sort of typical age range Young. that people are attracted to and Rini 18 says, to 25 yeah let's we'll get on that 18 later from some evidence Rini hooked up with uh, uh and found but um that's in another episode but she said quote by the way the same years women are supposedly uh hypergamous meaning they they're being married for another relationships are the same years that statistically they're most likely to be raped or sexually assaulted Reen's listed all the places that the stat is on um 
And she said this type of process is seen on the forums. This type of thought process is seen on the forums. Victim blaming, lack of em empathy for, and especially lack of believing women who were actually raped and assaulted since they were calculated hypergamous sluts, quoting her, <laughs> quoting Rini. God, she's funny. Choosing to sleep with macho, <laughs> choosing to sleep with macho Chad. So, um, again, it's coded language. Hypergamy, the idea of when women are in this age range, the coincidence that likely some of these people were accused of rape or are fearful of rape is not, these are not coincidences. These are people reacting to stats, stories, and having some sort of need to scapegoat something. I thought that was a really great stat to pick up that they say between 20 and 30, they are, you know, 18 to 30. It's they're, they're looking for, to get like better sex and better men. And then they, at 30, whatever, statistically from 18 to 30, you're most likely to get uh, sexually assaulted. So that's a weird I think coincidence. it's anywhere between one in four women, but it's also anywhere between one in five men. And I yeah. think that that's something one, that we're going to get yeah. into a little bit more dip deeply later one, on. One in um, six is the is the number for for men sexually assaulted. Is it one in six? Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go on. We're going to get into this yeah. Later no, on. I, well, I mean, we'll get into it later on, specifically about sexual assault ha happening to men. But mm -hmm. you know, th viewing women as hypergamous, cheating sluts removes their humanity. It removes the capacity for them to feel hurt. You know, and it's like. Mm -hmm. It's so dehumanizing. And and uh, we can talk about the problems with this cult. One of the problems is, is, and one of the ways this group thrives is to say groups thrives as this. One of the ways is this group thrives as this is that they rob everyone of having negative emotions, which are really mm. important. And they rob, here's the following people they rob. They say they don't want to have sex with women. Well, you rob asexuals of the experience of being open about their feelings. They say they're frustrated with women. Well, you rob any man who's a normal person who's not in this cult of complaining about their relationships. You say that women are hypergamous. You and I'm going in ascending order here. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm not going in ascending order. Here. I'm just going in order of whatever. You you say that women are calculating and looking for all these things. You rob. Uh, women of so many things the ability to get into a better situation the ability to rag on a relationship the ability to feel hurt for being manipulated and of course not to say all of the things that they do that are you know less covert in terms of saying you know there are just articles saying women lie about like this hypergamy thing is to say that women are manipulative and want more things sort of in a Machiavellian way MGTOWs just believe that women will just lie about rape like it's 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 also not so quoted uh, coded either. It's just like they lie about rape. You know that's I their reaction. I saw a to stuff. statistic that like it's only like two percent. Yeah, of I saw rapes. this. I, I, I'm gonna look into. Uh, I'm gonna make a note for me in the editing here. It's Mike from the editing station. I'm a ghost now from the future. Future ghost, which means I would be alive in the past. I don't know. So uh, <laughs> we we took a break here because. I uh, wanted to explain to Paulina, one of the things that I see as a journalist um, when you see a lot of bad reporting is someone just lists a statistic without really getting into how that they came to that statistic. There was a, uh, as far as I can tell with this 2% of false allegations towards sexual assault, um, there was a, um, a infographic that had trended a while ago, um, uh, close to a decade ago, that there was some evidence about it coming up then. There was a 2010 study. But the main thing I want to say about it is when you look at any of these studies and you actually go and you look at how they arrive at the statistic, the number one problem with reporting a statistic like this is how many, alarmingly, how many sexual assaults go unreported. And so every study that I looked at listed some amount of concession that we knew how to handle the problem of people not reporting this. Uh, we'd have a better statistic. Something along those lines shows up in all the studies. So the answer is, is this a real stat? It's, it's listed places, yeah. But it's also in all those places when you actually go, remember statistics come from a study. When you actually go and you look at the study, um, it could be higher, it could be lower. Uh, there's no way to know because of the massive problem of unreported sexual assaults. Way less funny than the ghost thing we started with, but back to the show.
So we I are. think I have the next um, quote here, which is just a little note, um, which is uh, we get into. It's not the actual quote. We won't play the clip. But essentially, I ask him about my sex life and he says, uh, you know, he doesn't talk to other men about sex. Well, there you go. This group, depending on what other men say, don't ask them about their dating lives. Do you really feel as though you get rejected more than other men? I don't really ask other men about their, how many times they're getting rejected, but- So then how do you know you're getting rejected more than other men? I just kind of I see the uh, the couples that are out there, you know, among my friend groups, and you know, you know. And so you go up to them and you say, "Hey, how many times did you ask out girls before you found this girl? How many dates did you go on before this? Do 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 you even no, gather I, your I own evidence? That. I don't really. I haven't done that. No. But like I, you know, just from talking, you know, just talking to my friends over time and like knowing, like, oh, okay, they've always had a girlfriend, so. Whether it's one person or another, like one girlfriend or another, like that kind of gives me a little bit of data. Like they've just always had that kind of look for one reason or another. And why is that? Oh, maybe because this guy's tall or this guy's loaded or this guy's. Um, and it's this real thing of like Pandora's box. You can't ask someone the information because then it'll ruin your confirmation bias. But then if they do divulge it, you have confirmation bias. They're, they have to be wrong. They have to be lying. There has to be some reason. Um, Something then, that he's... Yeah, Yeah. go, go on, ahead. go on. No, no, no. Something that he said that was really poignant for me was when he said asking for help puts you in a bad spot. That's your next um, quote. Let's, let's, let, we both have that one. Let's, let's put okay. that in right now. Yeah. Something, let's shift you know? gears. Would you ever ask a friend to help you set, them, set you up? I've done that before, yeah. Would you, do you now think you probably need help being set up with a woman? I, I mean, to ask for help is already like putting yourself in a bad spot in the, in the date, whatever date happens. So like, why it's, it's because the guy in that situation is coming from a scarcity standpoint instead of an abundance standpoint. If you're having a friend having to set you up, you're putting yourself into a scarcity position well, and she can but, sense that and she's gonna it's really gonna turn her off that is fucking crazy and it's exactly what the mig has to think what what did you think about it i mean it just it vulnerability that's the word that popped into my head is that these people struggle with being vulnerable and asking for help is a vulnerable position because ultimately if you're in a place where you're hurt you may be seen as as inferior or if you're you know if you're in a, in a place where you're categorizing people and hierarchizing people and quantifying people then you know to be vulnerable is is the most uh you know traumatic position to be in because mm-hmm. opening yourself to, up to another when you've chosen to go your own way is antithetical to your ideas and beliefs um mm-hmm. and uh what's interesting too is uh, we talk about it in the interview. I talk about you not ever knowing what someone is thinking when they tell you something. Mixtows seem, and a lot of these red pill groups seem to be very hyper vigilant in finding their own confirmation bias, but rarely try and find the perspective of just people in general. So, in this quote, he's talking about every time I ask guys about it, they'd say they always had a girlfriend. Well. Duh, you're going to talk about when you had a girlfriend. It's not a very interesting story if you say, so this one time I didn't have a girlfriend and I went to putt-putt. You know, no one is going to start talking. It's this thing of they're, they, they're in this w- mindset that's just, they don't think there could be another reason, which is confirmation bias. And I don't know why I'm so surprised by it, but to speak to what you're saying, it's like they not only decide they're vulnerable through this mental health brainwashing, this mental health crisis and this brainwashing, and that that's a bad thing, they then don't, because they don't ask for it, they're stuck. They're stuck in believing right. that it's always this way. It's always, you know, the, the, the way people are. I mean, I thought it was interesting that he talked about scarcity and abundance, which to me sounds like such a new age perspective of like, I'm coming from an abundant space. And I used to be <laughs> from a scarcity standpoint. And it's like, how, how can you truly be abundant when you are doing you know it's like how yeah. can this be the abundant standpoint well, 
off off mic, we later because I said this was a cult. We, re- we later um, interviewed legendary cult investigator Rick Ross, and at the end, Rick said to me, "Well." You know, a lot of these groups, they try and claim that they're happier. And I've always wanted them to do, because that's what he related to and everything. He says, what I've always wanted them to do is to do exit interviews and to say, well, here's how happy you are now. Let's evaluate how you're doing in life. And then five years from now, are you actually happier? Are you actually, like, can you substantiate these claims? And in more organized groups, not a hashtag cult, you could do it. And I said, well, Rick, one of the issues is, is that they don't masturbate, have sex, have kids, or get married. So if you ask me five years from now, if I'm not masturbating, don't have kids. Kids, I'm not married and don't have sex. Like, yeah, I'm not sure how you quantify happiness in the group. <laughs> yeah, because that sounds like that sounds like someone who not that someone who doesn't have those things is miserable, but someone who refuses to do those things in fear, <laughs> it's never going to be happy, right? So, right, it feels really good. One of the things that's that's interesting is it feels good to be safe, doesn't it? You know, uh, something was pointed out to me about you know, animals, they really like being in corners. And apparently a lot of dogs look up in the sky whenever they go outside because they're worried about hawks, even though they're like, you know, this domesticated dog that lives on a couch all day, they'll look up for hawks out of like, you know, some instinct of space. And it's like, it does feel good to be, you know, it's a reason that scared animals go in the corner. There's there's a safety to these things. Um, So I have some... Yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, he talked about a rejection rate, and he, the quote I wrote down was, if I care enough, I can work on things. Let's put and that in. Let's put that whole rejection rate quote in, because I had a general comment about it. It's helped me uh, come to grips with my rejection rate. Like, oh, okay, because my, 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 you know, I don't flaunt wealth, so they don't really know how well I'm doing. Uh, race may come into a factor. I'm, I don't feel like getting into that, though. Uh, looks come into account. And then once you kind of factor all that in, it, it makes sense, you know, my the rejection rate I've experienced. And it's not, and you know, some of it's out of my control and I'm, and now I know what to work on. If I care about it enough, I can work on certain things. Yeah. Yeah. So go on. To me, what that smelled of was like, if I want to get buff, I can, you know, like that's kind of the only thing that I can think of that. I mean, obviously, there's this illusion that we can control our bodies. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that specifically in this kind of sphere, which... Oops, I just oh. hit the pop filter. Hold on a second. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're playing along we, at home, hit your pop filter. <laughs> yeah. um, the the bulldog guy. Well, yeah, let's not get, let's not get to them either. But we can talk about um, other people that are MGTOW adjacent. And we can talk about Christopher Hassan, the Coast Guard... Um, HGH, exercise, lifting, these are a big part of MGTOW. They're, speaking generally right now without blowing our wad on other interviews, is a big part is being muscular and somehow exercising is, is um, really important. They all really push exercising. It's a weird thing. Um, So I have some other general quotes here uh, before we get to your next one. uh, And we have the same one Uh, at 29 seconds. He talks about um, that. I talk about the idea of being too caring and things like that. What did you think about that whole speech of the idea of abundance and things like that, that he's sort of trying to say that a woman wouldn't be caring for him because because he needs he needs to take care of a woman and that's the only thing they're attracted to. Yeah, I thought it was particularly poignant that he doesn't have sisters and he's never lived with a woman before mm-hmm. and that his only citation of living with a woman was living on the same hall in college. <laughs> yeah. Uh which shows sort of the defensiveness of him, right? Like it shows I ask, "Hey, have you ever lived with a woman?" this danger, which is a MGTOW question I ask later, which is, is a boy living with his mom in danger, which they have no answer for. Um, and uh, he sort of tries to say yes, and then he says no, and then he says, oh, co- cohabitation is a totally different thing. Cohabitation is another MGTOW-coded word. That's what they use to talk about. Who uses the word cohabitation? You know, <laughs> nobody says that. It's so That's like something you, when you talk about, like, hamsters. 
Well, it makes me think about because I grew up with brothers and I I'm so sorry. I'm also a triplet. Yeah, I know. I'm a triplet, and so I was always very cognizant of where boys were developmentally compared to girls and. Mm-hmm. I developed first, and so I was, like, physically taller than them until, like, eighth grade. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing can be said for for girls and women who don't have brothers, right? Like, I, I always kind of felt like this, you know, guru of sorts where I was like, I understand boys, and they're like, we don't get it. <laughs> so, the same thing can be said, you know, in the opposite direction. It can be, like, women who don't understand men. But I don't see... I mean, I guess there are fem cells, um, which is a whole other thing well, um, but let's be let's be clear here one of the things that that we, we uh, while you're on fem cell i want to make this very clear here hashtag cult is meant to say you're going to see groups that trick you into telling you that all they believe is x and it is not fem cell incel vol cell uh, uh red pill blue pill uh purple pill black pill migtow a uh, flat earth there's all these people that will tell you, we only believe this. What's so wrong with that? Here's some studies we have on it. We only, I only think this about this thing. And it's again, going back to this Rachel Bernstein quote of, I think at one point you couldn't have said it, but now you could. These groups become havens for, for people vulnerable to being manipulated and brainwashed and also become havens for narcissists who would brainwash someone. And there's mm. a a folia do there's a cultic relationship there's a cult of two there's a cult of three there's a, a channel cult uh, a, a theater cult going on a hashtag cult going on in these groups and you get you can get into this trap of saying well there's this thing and there's that thing it's all in my opinion in studying these these groups they are identical they are all mm. the same they're all brainwashed and using certain logic to make you believe they're fine I mean, belonging is a very powerful feeling, especially if you have felt stranded and lonely the majority of the time. I imagine that finding these groups is really enlivening. Um, Let's talk about for just a quick second, because I don't have too many more quotes for this episode. Um, I know you, you you have a few more, but let's talk about for a second the way in which people get brainwashed into this thing. Hmm. If you Google... I just broke up with my girlfriend or why do women break up with me or how to hook up with chicks? You are going to get a red pill philosophy group, whether it's MGTOW or something else. A way, one of the ways that cults really keep you in it is they get you into a few states. One is a post-hypnotic state, which involves like not eating, not sleeping. Those things make people really vulnerable. Another is finding people that are sort of vulnerable in general being depressed or they bring you into the group and say you have enlightenment and then they abuse you and they get you into a state like that of an abuser and they keep you there with the internet it's as simple as i'm depressed because of x i'm depressed genetically i'm sad i've been fighting with my girlfriend for and i say girlfriend because it's all straight men <laughs> in this yeah particular i mean one. that is actually a good qualification and like we are talking specifically in binaristic terms because we're dealing with binaristic dudes like, right right we're uh, speaking their language and, and and that speaks to what i'm saying before of like it tricks you into thinking this is why straight men this is why straight white men are shitty but it's not even it's this isn't even the source of that this is a uh, 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 as as Randy Flood will say in another investigation, this is just a heightened version of it. This is just a a brainwashed sort of mentally ill version of it. He doesn't say those exactly, but um, <laughs> as Randy Flood said, not an not an exact quote. So, um, <laughs> it, it, the the point is is that then you're doing this to yourself. And the internet it used to be that you'd have to abuse someone as a cult. You used to have to get them there. If you're getting yourself there because you have your own emotional issues and then just Googling it, bam, they don't have to do any work. And so that's how people find these things is they search all women are gross. All women are disgusting. Why are women this way? Why can't I date women? Why do women reject me? You're going to get these groups. Um, and we see, uh, me and Reens talked early on. We knew someone in our life that had relationship problems and was not mentally sound and they were a woman and they sounded exactly like the MGTOWs. <laughs> and it was weird. It was weird. And we didn't know about this phenomena of hashtag cults at the time. But um, uh, that's that's how these people get, get in it is uh, a good place to, to be here. 
uh, and cohabitation was where we started here, uh, living with boys. Uh, did you have anything else to talk about with living with boys? Which I'm so sorry again. They're disgusting. They are um, pretty gross. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know. I mean, I think anytime you make a generalization about any type of person, you're in dangerous territory. So, listener, don't make generalizations. It's a weak statement. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Speaking of of weak statements, um, let's go with this clip from 3140, uh, and where hypergamy comes up again. I'm going with my gut on this. My guts, my, my guts have, like, ultimately been right. In my eyes, like I just kind of, I've gotten my confirmation bias in person, you know, talking with female, joking around with female coworkers, kind of gleaming the truth from, you know, conversations What's I've had. What's the truth then? Hypergamy is real. Hypergamy is very real. Um, if it's simply the desire to have a mate best suited to you, then yes, but things that I that like. Flies, that flies right in the face of true love. No, like, it, it doesn't. Yes, there's it does, lots of things that you might consider to be great. I wouldn't. If I saw someone and they said, I have all this money, I travel all around the world constantly, I would reject that person outright. I don't want to travel the world. I don't want to be at expensive clubs. I want to sit at home. Hypergamy is real. Yeah. Wait, where? 3140. He never lived with the women. It's, it's, you might have flipped past it. Oh, yeah. Hypergamy is real, and it flies in the face of true love. I mean, it's interesting how going with your gut or, like, a gut instinct is brought into this, in that, you know, the confirmation bias is its own sort of gut instinct, in that familiarity is sort of the grounding principle in this entire enterprise. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, it's interesting because... It could be said that, you know, the internet, there's so much information on the internet and, you know, what's the use with college, you know? But also at the same time, there isn't really a filtration system uh, in play because the internet is its own wild west. And it just makes me think about, like, what people learn to trust. And ultimately, I'm a big advocate of trusting your intuition, but it's so hard to trust your intuition when you're in a place of it whether he wants to admit it or not scarcity we both had the same next quote uh at thirty five forty five about lying i i mean yes i, I have okay so your whole because argument b- just falls b- apart. because i lied about how much money i made that's another thing i lied about how much money i made so you lied to someone and it didn't work out <laughs> uh well no actually i mean i would in some cases i dumped them so it didn't work out because i chose for it not to work out so okay but in their mind like i did make i was at least equal financially to them um and, and i even before all this gobbledygook got thrown in my brain i had an instinctual understanding that like i had to present myself a certain way <laughs> i love i i love how he lied lied so that it seemed like he was making as much money as her and it's just like what's the sustainability of lying about that? Like you're setting yourself up for failure. And, and then it kind of, it dives into a really kind of tragic place of like, you know, you lead into the question, are you comfortable with yourself? And obviously someone who's lying about how much money they make is not comfortable with themselves. Mm -hmm. And he even says, I'm not comfortable (laughs) myself i have never we both wrote it down i've never been comfortable with myself are you uncomfortable with being yourself i have always been uncomfortable being myself and always had problems with women i've gotten lucky a couple times but for the most part yeah kind of always had problems with women so let's look at the flip side (laughs) i am never not myself it's the reason I have a girlfriend because I'm not a fake person. That's the thing that she's in love with. Uh-huh. And that's what most people are attracted to mm-hmm. is being yourself. Listen, I could be myself and have an ugly girlfriend. And and yet somehow they're fine. You well, know? also being yourself is an idea that women propagated. Like I love that. It's just like only <laughs> women believe that. Well, do you well, I guess I guess this is interesting. Now knowing MGTOW, do you get what he's saying? 
Because this is interesting, because I've had other interactions with him where I actually understand what the line... I, I hope we get that quote in here. Maybe I'll drop it again. Uh, but uh, do, do, you get, do you get what he means by that? Because it's actually something that was one of the, the, the tip-offs in an earlier uh, conversation I had with this person, like, years ago. Um, by the way, years, everyone. This has been going on years, uh, th- this group. Do you get, like, I, I don't know if people total... What do you think he means by that? That women propagate that idea? Yeah. I I took it as only women would be delusional delusional enough to think that being yourself would attract a partner. That's what I thought. You're totally off the mark. Let me explain what it is. Women are constantly hypergamous, according to MGTOW. So by tricking you into being yourself, they will get you to admit that you don't have as much money or stability and that therefore they will skip over you. What? Yes. That, so that it's a is, way of tricking men. It's a, it's a subterfuge technique, according to MGTOW, to get, <laughs> to get you to divulge your secrets of how poor and unfertile and unmasculine you are. I'm speechless. I know. I know. I know because you want to think it's like, oh, well, that's just bullshit because I have no luck with women. And this is this is where I'm trying to sell you your pathetic friend who is so sad about how hard it is to date women. That's not this. This is a prescribed cult. They have methodology to explain everything. And that's what he's saying in that moment. He's saying, yeah, that's made up by women so that they can figure you out. Yeah, that of, is. Course. of course, be yourself. That way I know you're fucking broke and I don't have to have sex with you. Or be yourself. Ooh, I know you're rich. I'll, I'll sleep with you and get some of your money or maybe even have some of your kids so you have to pay me for child support. That's what he's saying. Holy shit. <laughs> no, no, guys, I, I, I know you don't know, Paulina. Maybe, maybe a lot of you do. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 really it's difficult to stun me in silence and <laughs> like I'm just sitting here with my jaw agape. Yeah. So let's move on to the next quote uh which, <laughs> <laughs> which I think we both have um uh we both have but I don't necessarily want to um uh oh oh I'm going to actually play it cuz I actually think you're talking about something different than what I'm talking about. Um uh at thirty at thirty eight minutes, let's just play the whole of thirty eight minutes for everyone. Um, what is it? What are the attributes of an ugly person? Uh, generally overweight. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to describe the facial features of an ugly person, but you know, there's there's ugly people and there's not. You know, I, I really don't know how else to What's explain overweight it. to you? BMI of uh, I wish I knew the numbers, but um, I mean. There's a lot of fat women out there. Uh, Are you aware of the primary component of breast? Primary, it's made up of uh, fat. So, do you like large breasts? Or you don't like large breasts. I, like, I guess I like fat in certain spaces, okay. in certain places. Have you ever so slept t- with a woman with this BM, this absurd BMI thing? Have I slept with a big girl, or no, a, a proper BMI or big BMI? I don't know what BMI means. Body mass index. It's a ratio of like... why are you saying proper BMI? Have you slept with someone... Are you asking if I've slept with overweight women or... I don't... Let me me be clear. I'm not using the word overweight because I see it as a clinical term as I see BMI. I don't assume you're measuring those things and I don't assume that that's actually what you're looking for. And so I'm asking, have you ever slept with someone who you consider to be overweight? I don't want to use the word because it's a medical term. And like you're just sensitive to like women hearing that word. And no, like I'm not. I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm not using the word because it's not the right word. I'm asking in your terms. What's the word then? Fat. Have you? Is that what you want to say? Have you ever slept with a fat woman? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you had this as thirty-seven and thirty-eight, fifty-four. Um, my thoughts on this moment were uh, slightly different. Is that he assumes all this stuff about me? Um, yeah. Which he doesn't know. Despite being my friend, he's actually never asked about my relationships. You know, we've been places and maybe I'm single and maybe I'm not single. I mean, in the time that I haven't talked to him, I was mostly 
in the time that it broke off, I was mostly um, in shorter term relationships. Not mm-hmm. again, not by a choice. I liked some of them, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it just didn't work Aww. out. I, well, I, we don't all mean with Reens. Reens is the best person. In the I whole mean, world. it worked out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but, absolutely. But, but, he but rejection is hard. So it was more unlikely that he would see me with a girlfriend. Uh, I'm a straight uh, uh, cis male, um, but he. Uh, he, he, he didn't ever ask, even in the times that we sort of separated. You know, I would have been in longer relationships after we stopped hanging out. Um, he's never asked. He had no idea what my... I could have been like, oh, I haven't slept with a woman in 10 years. You know, yeah. he has no idea. Um, so he assumed all those things because he never asks other men about sex. What was your notes on this? Yeah, I mean... I was mostly struck by the attributes of an ugly woman and he just threw out BMI and I was like, oh boy, (laughs) here we go. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of fat women up there. Like a lot of fat women out there. I'm like, have you been on Instagram lately? Like, well, there are some beautiful big ladies out there that would probably stomp all over you because you're being such a dickhead you know like and i think one of the one of the interesting comments that comes later is this assumption of and this is where again you rob people of being able to criticize media right of all the things MGTOWs rob you rob people of being able to say uh there should be more plus size models you know because these these men will say well i like that look of women which they don't they're afraid of women because they're in a dark place but um they're not afraid of women. They're afraid of something else. And they've turned it into women, it being women's fault. I should say that as well. But, you know, there's an interesting comment that comes up. We haven't actually even made this video because we have so many comments. We haven't even gotten there. Someone said to us once, remember your reaction to finding out that old people had sex. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I never had that reaction. I know people that are attracted to older men and women, you know, in a, in a not gross way. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I know people that like... You know, that's weird. That's weird that you would say that um, and assume that that's how I feel sexually. I mean, the BMI thing. <laughs> I don't. Know. I'm speechless. I was. I mean, honestly, I'm like super glad that my BMI is too high for a MGTOW. You know, I'm like, <laughs> so I'm, BMI... I'm eliminated from the pool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, you're like, you're like, you're like the people that like break their leg for the draft. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Can't, exactly whoops. it i'm um, like bmi if you don't know for the next of my life is body mass index um ooh, now i want ramen um <laughs> bmi is body mass index and uh this is a thing that comes up later which is that pseudoscience groups or groups that use pseudoscience for their cultic means will use words that sound scientific what he's saying is uh, there are lo- and i wrote this down There are tons of words to describe the woman he wants. He's trying. He's been taught to use scientific eugenic terms um, so that it sounds like this is a calculated thing and something that everyone believes and something that is instinctual. Instead of saying, there's plenty of things he doesn't like. He could say, a woman with a gut, which I push him to say. He could say, I like a woman who has abs. I like a woman with X. I like... He doesn't say it. He uses BMI. Why? To convince me this is scientific. Yeah, that's interesting because that's definitely not an insight I took from it. I mean, it felt like a larger regurgitation of the culture at large in that BMI, which originally was a metric used to measure populations of cattle. And the person who made the calculation (laughs) specifically was like, yo, don't use this on people. (laughs) And then our entire medical system was like, what about BMI? What about people? Um, Right, and <laughs> and the arbitrary numbers that BMI like a, right. a normal every, every BMI is like is in the unhealthy range. I don't know if people know right, that. Right, right. It's have like more anywhere from mass. right. So it's anywhere from like twenty two to thirty is considered a normal BMI, and then above that is overweight and obese or whatever. I but didn't those know numbers that, that they chose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, it's literally a metric that was used for cattle, and we, subs- like, put it on people. But... Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, it just feels like a regurgitation is, yeah. of the it, larger culture that is systematically, you know, degrading people of a higher BMI. And, it and of again, course, robs anyone talking about the problems with expectations of body by making you think that this is... I guess this is a good time to bring this up, which is that there are so many prejudices that 
MGTOWs and hashtag cults have room to run in. This is one of them. A prejudice against people's size is room to run in. So you can get away with saying something like this and it's not seen as so radical because of all of the normal uh, hatred towards bigger people in our society. So they get, they can, instead. it's like a dog on a leash, right? Is if you have one of those extendable leashes, the dog thinks it can run really far, but it can't. It can't run uh, run that far, and the longer that leash gets to let it out, the more the dog doesn't realize it's going into dangerous territory. I think that's a pretty good mm-hmm. analogy. And so society is the leash. Society is, you know, we actually don't need you so close to us to keep safe. Like, yeah, we kind of don't like fat people. So they're allowed to run pretty far, and eventually they're just pulling on the leash, and it doesn't feel like they're that far in danger because they're just, they're just pulling on the leash a little Towards, 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 well, yes, and all women who are fat are disgusting and no one wants to sleep with them. That's only, that's a disgusting statement to someone like me who doesn't have these prejudices, but you're right, to society at large, it sounds, oh, that's only slightly over the line. You well, know what I mean? Fat phobia is like the final frontier, I think. And, and I, I think it's easy to discriminate against fat people oh, because yeah, no one will question you. No one questions it. And, and the irony of all this is, of course, you know, who he slept for, was slept with, slept for, he slept for her. So yeah, let's, her let's, let's play, let's play <laughs> while we are less eloquent. Let's go to past us. That, that is, is more, let's play this quote at 40 minutes, um, which is incredible that Pauline is going to talk about. Have you, is that what you want to say? Have you ever slept with a fat woman? Yes. Oh no, it was mutual. She kind of, she wanted to fuck too and we were done. Okay, so that has seems like it has nothing to do with your body types. It seems like it has to do with circumstance. Why did you sleep? I mean, with that I wasn't person? into like doing it again and again. No, Why just... would that person sleep with you if they're somehow involved in this hypergamy? Oh, well, I mean, she. Uh, I, I was a catch for her. Let's say. Well, according to you, that would mean she would want to be with you. Yeah. Which. Yeah. You said wasn't the case a second ago. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah. You said you both wanted to just sleep together. Oh, no. We d- wanted to at first, but, like, of course, she wanted to be, you know, where is this going? You know, to hit you with that. And, uh... Now, you, you assumed she wanted more, or do you know that she wanted more? Uh, she, flo- you know, she definitely, you know, she reached out to me a couple times after. It seemed like she wanted a relationship. Yeah. Or more sex? They probably come hand in hand. Yeah. So this person he sleeps with. Um, first of all, sleeping with a big girl is great. Uh, we're tell extra us, soft. Yeah. Tell us all this stuff. But Paulina <laughs> is, let's, I'll say this again. Paulina can be erotic if she wants. Go ahead and tell us. Paulina. <laughs> I mean, she's Thank like you. holding back right now. Like she go can ahead be erotic t- if she wants to. Um, yeah, I it's mean, a new, it's, it's a interesting. new musical, Hamilton, but I'm, everyone's fucking. Um, <laughs> so. No, I mean, I'm I'm a bigger person, and I have lots of sex, and my size doesn't determine the quality of the sex that I have. I think, if St- anything, damn it, Paulina, I want you to talk about the elements of sex that are better with bigger people. Well, we we got big titties, big titties, <laughs> big softer. Titties softer big old booty big booties if you want to get crushed a little bit that could happen too that's there's Uh, weight there yeah no i mean i think you know people like that they sell those do you know how much i have to spend on those thunder blankets so that we don't have panic attacks (laughs) would be a lot easier if one of us would just put on some weight i'll just lay on both of you and your your weighted blanket the thunder paulina blanket yeah, no, I mean, ultimately, like, you know, ev- every every sexual encounter I have had, uh, you know, wasn't determined by my size. No. Like, the, the size of my body had nothing to do with the quality of sex that I was having. If anything, a lack of communication was always a flaw, or a lack of chemistry, or anything like that, and... Can I, I mean, tell you something talk- about my my honest belief of the American society? I thought that yeah. when I thought that when Beyonce made that song to the left, 
Like there would be a sexual revolution of people communicating in bed. Because I was like, oh, there's so many people. That they, if they just started saying like to the left, oh my God, their whole sex life would get better. Yes, yeah, slightly to the left. But oh my gosh, yes. That's really funny. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I I this year I'm, I wrote a book with my dad about consent, and ultimately, like people are really afraid of communicating to each other in a sexual context. I mean, the way and and to bring it back to this interview, the way that he framed it was like, oh yeah, she wanted more, and I didn't want it. So you let's know? talk about like, this because this is what made me so happy is that after this conversation about BMI, which again we talk about that dog on a leash. That's going to seem like he's only partially off the leash. I was so happy then to have this interaction because I was hoping it would illustrate to my friend, if he watched it back, that there was something really wrong with him. Let's listen to the quote again because it's really impactful. I want people to hear it again. What actually happens? Oh, no, it was mutual. She kind of, she wanted to fuck too and we were done. Okay. So that has, seems like it has nothing to do with your body types it seems like it has to do with circumstance why did you sleep i mean i wasn't into like doing it again and again why would that person sleep with you if they're somehow involved in this hypergamy oh i mean she uh i I was a catch for her let's say well according to you that would mean she would want to be with you yeah which you said wasn't the case a second ago did i say that (laughs) yeah you said you both wanted to just sleep together. Oh, no, we d- wanted to at first, but, like, of course, she wanted to be, you know, where is this going? You know, to hit you with that. And uh, Now, you, you assumed she wanted more, or do you know that she wanted more? Uh, she, flo- you know, she definitely, you know, she reached out to me a couple times after. It seemed like she wanted a relationship, yeah. Or more sex? It, this pro- they probably come hand in hand. So they've just heard it again. He initially says... That the reason he had this encounter with this person was she knew, she knew she just wanted sex. She knew she j- that it was just about sex. We were both in gross places. We both were gross about each other. And then it's only when I suggest that she might have been a potential girlfriend to him that he says, well, she wanted more and I didn't. And then the confirmation bias comes in where any texting is somehow about more instead of wanting maybe a friends with benefit. It shows I was really happy that the BMI encounter was followed by this because it shows they're not there. They're not together. And one of the advice that I got from Rachel Bernstein and other people with Colts was just you keep remembering stuff. Keep bringing up how they're contradicting each themselves. Keep going. Mm. Don't 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 let it go. You know, go. But wait a minute. You said I don't understand. Explain it to me. Ex- explain it to me. How does how can she have only wanted sex, but also she wanted a relationship? Uh, that that seems like they're counterintuitive. And the, the reason that you that, that that's really effective on these people is they're not keeping track. It's this very like f- stimulus centered way of acting you're reacting to everything so the question right. is the question is have you ever slept with a fat girl oh yeah we were both gross we both wanted to come and so then i did it and then the the, the afterwards you go well what if there was a relationship no she she we oh yeah oh you think i'd get tricked like that she wanted a relationship i didn't well hold on you're just trying to dominate the conversation you're just trying to win and the statements and he even says did i say that yeah, yeah. I was about to say, he didn't even keep track of what he was saying. He was just kind of reacting. And this is just, where it's such a struggle for someone like Paulina, who has these great things to say about being bigger, and then lots of groups, as both of us come from Jewish backgrounds. And then for us to be like, ugh, but it's fake. It's not, it's not real. You know, it's not real. They just want to be able to win the conversation. And so... Well, he goes into... Uh, women, you know, the the game of chess that is the dating marketplace <laughs> and how, you know, and maybe we can play that quote, um, how a girl at 30 is is just trying to trick someone into to procreating <laughs> with them. Yeah. The next episode is going to really get into that. But let's play that. Let's play that right here. Yeah. There'll be like an example of like a girl who like she turns 30 and then she realizes she's on, she realizes she's on the clock and she'll hook up with a guy and get knocked up. 
and she'll lock him down. And then that guy didn't even know that he got played in this whole this whole game of chess that is the dating marketplace. Let's shift, because that's a great comment to shift on. That's a mm-hmm. very vitriolic and vicious thing to say about a person. I know. And let me I tell know. you this. Let me tell you this. I think that you think. I think that you think that me saying that means I don't have some very mean things to say about the human race. I have plenty of mean things to say about the human race. I think that there are people who do much worse things on a daily basis than what you've just accused someone of. Okay? Mm-hmm. I do not stand by this attitude that this issue is divided amongst people that love everyone and people that don't love everyone. I don't like anyone. I don't like anyone. I think most people are duplicitous. I think what you're describing, though, is eugenic race. Uh, yeah, and that goes to, to, to that's the core belief of MGTOW, uh, that they're just trying to get a man to give them a baby and steal child support, which I've always said to people, when you look at this group, you need to look past what they're saying and look at the motivation. So what is the motivation? It's probably someone who can't afford to pay their child support and that traumatized them more than a normal person. And now they're finding a scapegoat. You know, never right. look at what they're actually saying. Look at the motivation. Who would say that? Someone who's really afraid of not being able to pay child support. Someone who never expected to have to do that. You know? Well, but also if it's a game of chess, there's the potential to lose, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we cut out a thing here, which I, I think we'll put in like maybe a, a, the end of the episode as a bonus. So I cut out a, por- a portion of us talking um, where he talks about ugly people. Mm. And I have to explain to him genetics. And one of the things I explained to him is you're aware that ugly people, ha- the, the traits you find ugly have to be passed down. So statistically, according to genetics, the ugly people have to be breeding with each other. Whatever you consider ugly, they're passing those traits down and those ugly people exist. Uh, this didn't make any sense. To <laughs> so, so it's kind of a eugenicist right. point, right? Right. He, he's trying to say that we can breed out ugliness, and, which is the eugenics point, right? Is that, we can, if we, that we're never breeding with ugly people, whatever, whatever societal norm he considers to be ugly. And when I point out, you're aware there can only be ugly people if those same quote-unquote ugly people are having sex, right? He doesn't get it. Um, well, I don't know about you, but have you ever, like, met a really beautiful person and then met their parents and they're just, like, totally normal-looking people? Like, there right. is no... There is no, no math. There is no math. Yeah. Like, two ugly people can make a beautiful baby. Like, you never yeah. know. Um, and all babies, are, all babies are cute. I have not. I, I have. Mean, I have puppy. Uh, no, I have puppy and baby. Uh, 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 bias. I never see a puppy that I'm not like, oh, puppers. And I've never seen a baby <laughs> yeah. when I'm like, it's a smush guy. Um, which, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I. Whole- I'm. I have baby fe- fever, like crazy. But I would never trick anyone into paying child support and getting me pregnant. I sort of get pretty upset about this accusation of tricking people. Uh, so let's 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 put that in here. Racist and bigamist, which is to say you are underestimating the evilness of the rest of society. That's my belief, is that by as- ascribing these attributes to women, you underestimate the other 50% of people who are terrible. You well, underestimate... Guys can be shitty too. Guys can be shitty too. Not can be, sir... You under by ascribing this attitude. Mm-hmm. Okay, by, I can saying that, by saying that this is not something that, that that the desire in one human is not the same as the desire in another, and the ability to be evil. I am telling you, you are actually making society look much better. There are men who want children for no reason other than to not re- to look a certain way, appear a certain way, because mm-hmm. because they think they should have that. Who are feel they are a disappointment. Who feel many my- myriad of things, and so they want children, and they use a woman. Um, you know, I think I got too upset at my my friend because I was upset at them because I wanted them to change. How did you react to? the sort of vitriol I sort of start to the, 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 not vitriol, but the sort of hard truth pills I start to serve up in this. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that you are hurting and, mm-hmm. you know, 
the phrase that you use a lot is like, you're wrong, <laughs> which like, you know, I, I do think that that kind of stops him from expressing himself, but also like knowing the ideology that he totes, like, I'm not that upset that he's not talking yeah. like, um, it's hard but, to watch as a journalist. Cause I'm like, this is not how I act in interviews. Right. Right. I mean, I think. I think overall, it's just like a really hard conversation to swallow, right? I mean, it's ultimately like two dudes talking about what they know to be true about women, which obviously like I'm I'm pro what you're saying, but ultimately like there's no woman in the conversation. And, and I think that that's like maybe a flaw of our project and that is by virtue of the the group that we're investigating that they're not going to talk to a woman or speak freely with a woman in the room like that's just right. not going to happen um some of the crazier ones have wanted to bring bring women in and i was like no um but uh yeah uh, no i they mean and, taken and the opportunity well i'm not dying to get in a room with mcdow quite honestly <laughs> um i think but, one of the things that's 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 interesting to point out and we get into this later is um it isn't a, if it was an actual conversation about women, I would feel bad. But the person right. he hurt was me. He right. never he wasn't striking out against an ex-girlfriend. He wasn't striking out against a woman that did something to him. The person who was hurt was him, and he took out all his anger on me because ultimately this does come down to the women in our project, in my opinion, are here to say this is not real. We need to eliminate these people from, we need to get them out of their cult, not eliminate them. We need to get them out of their cult so that we can have actual discussions about feminism. And my role is to say, this is an issue only affecting, because they only talk to men. So the only people that they're talking to and putting this hate on and recruiting are men. The only people that they're, they're, they're taking this stuff out on are men aside mm -hmm. from the vitriol on the on the on the internet but ultimately the and that's not a, a small aside by no means it does make women feel unsafe and it's a horrible problem but ultimately the people who are getting recruited and getting trapped into this and getting the brunt of this stuff in person-to-person -person interactions are other men um yeah because if it was a debate which a lot of them think they're getting into they're like well let's debate this issue we're not debating it you're brainwashed you know, if it was a real debate, I'd be like, well, don't talk to me. <laughs> you know, if right. it's a real debate, I would never be like, I'm the one to represent women's issues here today. You know what I mean? Right, I would never right. be that conceited. But because it, it's not about women. It's not. It's it, they, it, The women that they're talking about are fictional creatures. Right. Yeah. I mean, that kind of slides nicely into sort of him discussing the representation of women in media. And let's give this little preview because guys, y'all, next episode, you forget everything you thought you knew about Disney movies. Oh, and let's play that clip right here. There are uh, plenty know, of people uh, who do that. That's fine. And, 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 and not that it's fine, but I can accept that, that men can be evil as well. And they are evil in many cases. I get it. But, you know, I was just, the way I was raised, the way I was, th like, taught to think about women, like, that there are sugar and spice and everything nice, I, I just can't. Who told you I, that? A rhyme? Disney movies, the Powerpuff Disney Girls? movies, my parents, you know, school, you so know. So you would, like, you are going to say right here that the Disney movies are directly responsible for you being an anti-feminist. It's not because, just Disney because movies. Because they didn't all portray Hollywood, them all the TV, as They all tough? kind of push a certain idea. Yeah. Okay, well, Topanga... Was a, was a Disney character and Topanga was independent was not typical was her own way and mm -hmm. thought her own way uh -huh. if you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult is trapped in a hashtag cult or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show go to hashtag cult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show we want to hear your story